This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. Well, the Yannick Ngakwe deadline is coming up soon in an hour uh, to get an extension done. Newsflash, my house, I will not lose today. He is not getting a contract extension from the Jacksonville Jaguars, although there are some reports out earlier today with updates on the Yon situation. We'll get to them, and we once again will talk about the Ngakwe situation and where it leads for the Jacksonville Jaguars and also for the player uh, as well. What is the end result? I still will say this. It's a matter of not if he gets an extension or not, but if he decides to not play this year or not. That is really the main question at hand uh, when it comes to Yannick Ngakwe. Meanwhile, we're just in out of the NFL uh, newsbreakers, Adam Schefter being one of them, that Derrick Henry could be on the verge of a long-term deal with the Tennessee Titans. I'm not sure anybody saw that coming. It, as of yesterday, it looked like uh, he might be playing on the tag. Well, here we are as we get closer and closer to that deadline. Maybe something is getting done in Nashville with Yuli's own Derrick Henry. Brent Martineau on the road once again. Back of a pickup truck. Two umbrellas. The computer on ice in the cooler. Because it's 95-plus, watching a little baseball from the parking lot. Meanwhile, Action Sports Jack Studios filled with Austin Lane and Justin Cousart. How you doing, guys? Not too shabby. Probably a little cooler than you are right now. But you know how our studios ran? Cousart's section is like minus 20 degrees, and my section's like 85-plus. So I'm going to be sweating a little bit today, but probably not as much as you do. Yeah, there's a guy behind me here, actually. He's like tugging a boat along, and, and this boat looks really nice. I'm thinking about just asking him if I could... Sit in the boat. Now we're talking. Are we talking a fishing boat? We're talking like a wakeboarding boat. What kind of boat we talking? Uh, This is, uh, I would say, a fishing boat primarily, but it's a pretty good looking boat. It's got a heck of a name. I'm not a boat expert, sure, but that engine says more than fishing to me. Okay. So it's got some horsepower behind it. Uh, we've got some horsepower behind us as well. Obviously, the Yannick Ngakwe situation, something that uh, was a topic this morning uh, when Ngakwe's camp uh, shared, at least with Schefter and some others, I think Tom Pelissero has since said uh, something as well about the situation regarding Ngakwe. So we'll get into the details of that uh, what's going on. We also have some other topics outside the extension deadline. We'll keep an eye on Derrick Henry's situation. But Cam Newton in New England, how different will the Patriots look with Cam Newton as their quarterback rather than Tom Brady as their quarterback? And I guess this is more of how creative do you think Josh McDaniels will be? How creative do you think Bill Belichick will be? Will they look like an entirely different team with Cam Newton at the helm? Here in 2020, I think it's one of the interesting questions surrounding the New England Patriots. Another topic for today is some of the young stars of the game. There's a young golfer that is doing things uh, and capturing people's attention. So could he be the next Tiger Woods? We asked that question one more time. What about baseball? All the young talent. Who's the next star in baseball? And I'm not talking Harper and Trout and those kind of guys. But who is the next real star, maybe the face of baseball? I think football's a little more difficult to answer this because it feels like we're already there. Is it Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes? Those guys are pretty young. It's hard to get much younger than that. Second and third year players in the NFL. And they've already captured the league by storm. So we'll take a look. Uh, NBA as well. Uh, who is, is it? John Morant. In the NBA, is he the is it Zion Williamson? 
who are the stars of tomorrow when it comes to uh, some of the sports uh, that we love to see as we get closer and closer. Uh, star of right now is Austin Lee. Has to be. Oh, wow, man. That was a, that's a pretty prestigious title that I'll take it. But, uh, I mean, thanks for the props. Uh, right on, I guess you would say. Uh, listen, when we're talking about stars, I mean, it's funny, right? Because then we'll break it down later a little bit. But, like, obviously you can throw Giannis up there because he's only been doing it for, like, two or three years. But you have to ask yourself, well, is he already a star? I mean, he, he's a former MVP, the reigning MVP. So I guess I kind of had some different criteria um, in making – my star. So I'm curious to see exactly where we're all at as a group here and how many answers are going to be the same. I think that's cool, too. I think that's what uh, is is kind of neat about this topic. Uh, you Does a star mean wins everything? Does a star mean what a brand becomes a household name, becomes a, like almost like The Rock, right? A wrestling mm-hmm. star that became a movie entertainer star. Uh, and I don't know if we see that in sports per se, but you get my point yeah. from a brand standpoint. So a lot of different ways to go. Madden has ranked the 21 players for the Jacksonville Jaguars, or I'm sorry, Madden 21 player ratings. <laughs> uh, boy, that was an awful uh, sentence. Uh, that didn't make any sense. Uh, Madden 21 player ratings for all Jags players. Where are they? Uh, we will check that out. And I just saw some news, and I'm sure you did too. You see Tommy Tuberville, the former yeah. Auburn coach. He won uh, a runoff and, uh, you know, could be headed to the Senate. I uh, still got another uh, vote to win. It got me thinking, man. Give me a sports star or two, or not even star, that would be a good politician mm. down the road. Me. Uh, <laughs> Me for mayor. I have my skateboard and I'm ready to cruise. And by the way, why would you want to be? I have no idea. <laughs> That's a good point. But- <laughs> Why wouldn't you want yeah, to do that? Man, I'm on, Can't I mean, tell you why. Listen, I don't go on social media a lot, but even as much as I do go on that, I don't need to see me running for politician and seeing all the haters out there. So I'm all set, sitting behind the desk talking about sports. I'm fine there. What do you think? Listen, I understand it's community service to a sense, serving your community. Sure. Um, I, I, listen, I, that's awesome. I, I think often there's more things involved in that, right? I, I think there's also some motivation behind it w- one way shape or form outside of hey i want to do better i want to make a difference i want you know all the all the really the campaign lines yeah why do you think people do get into it like why do you think even some i think isn't like steve largent former seattle seahawk he was in it uh camp jack kemp of course for a long time i mean we see athletes former athletes get into it now tommy tuberville like, why? I mean, Tuberville had a nice career and plenty of money and fame and all this stuff. Why get into politics? Do you think it's just simply, hey, I want to I help make change? I, I want to do better? I mean, it just seems too cliche to me. Yeah, well, and listen, if we're talking politics right now, I would be remiss and I would be doing myself a disservice if I didn't wish congratulations to former Jacksonville Jaguar and my teammate in Jacksonville and also my teammate in Detroit, Don Carey, uh, who was just sworn in as the city of Chesapeake, government city councilman a few days ago so like yeah so he just got sworn in i saw it over facebook so congratulations to him and you know i mean at least from his perspective i think from a lot of um you know former athletes perspective why do they get into politics it is to make a difference brent right because let's be honest it's a challenge right um and i think once you leave that locker room once you leave that brotherhood and that camaraderie you're looking for a challenge. You're, you're you're looking to make a difference. And I don't want to necessarily have your name on the spot. Like, I mean, I don't think it's really an ego thing. I just think it's more of a challenge thing where you can help out the community. And that's like, you know, that's why guys like Don Carey, Tuberville are kind of doing their thing, in my opinion. 
Yeah, that's it's a good thought. So who who would make a good politician? Let's just put it at sure. that. Uh, we did have the mayor of Saxonville. Would he actually make a good politician? Calais Campbell? Uh, we'll talk about it uh, coming up, and we'll get uh, some of your guesses. Before we get really deep diving into the Yannick Ngakwe situation and the latest stuff out, let me, let me catch you up to date on some of the things being said. Tom Pelissero from the NFL Network. The Jaguars have received multiple offers for Yannick Ngakwe, including one involving a Pro Bowl player who didn't fit their system, but not enough value to deal a player of his caliber per sources. Other teams have been told he'd play on $17.78 million tender. Jags are in no rush. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, earlier today, kind of got the the Yannick Ngakwe talks swirling again. Adam Schefter, Jaguars franchise defensive end Yannick Ngakwe, has engaged in contract discussions with multiple teams, but the pandemic has made any long-term deal challenging. That's an interesting side note. Teams have said Ngakwe has been flexible about playing on tag elsewhere or signing a long-term deal, and a new contract for him would not hold up a trade. The holdup so far has been Jacksonville's unwillingness to agree to a trade for a player who has vowed to move on from the Jaguars. All right. We do not have to be investigative reporters to know this. And this is not a knock or a criticism or anything. This is coming from Yannick Ngakwe's camp, absolutely his side, putting some things out there of uh, just kind of the latest on the situation, which, hey, I'm okay with that. That's fine. That's good. I, we get an update on I like it. The Jags aren't going to tell you anything publicly, officially, on the on front until something's done or something happens, like a signed franchise tag or an extension of some kind or a trade of some kind. And so none of those things are imminent. And none of those things have happened. What's your read as we get more Ngakwe news today, or at least a sprinkling of it? Uh, same old, same old, same old for you, Austin? Or uh, is there a turn at all in anything that's being said today? No, I mean, it's kind of business as usual, I think, from my standpoint. I've been pretty adamant saying that I don't think Yannick Ngakwe is going to sign the franchise tag at least any time soon. And it's definitely not going to be today. Keep in mind he can still show up for the first game, sign it, and still make all of his money if he wanted to. Now, I think maybe there might be a bonus that he'd be missing out on during training camp a little bit. I'm not sure, you know, what the, I guess the, you know, the fine print says in the contract language. But for lack of a better word, he's in no rush right now to get to Jacksonville, okay? And if he really is really concerned about getting his $18 million, he can wait until training camp's done with and the season starts, which I think most people would obviously do. Most players would obviously do. Um, to me, it's not a, s- a situation like last year where he showed up a little bit, kind of unexpectedly, if you will. Uh, I think he showed up during OTAs a little bit, kind of left, and then came back again. I don't expect to see that this year, okay? I think he's kind of dug his feet in the ground where it's like, either you figure this out or I'm not going to show up. Now, once again, I think the big date's going to be, does he show up for game number one? Does he collect that entire franchise tag? We'll see. But I'm not surprised right now. On the other side, though, when we're talking about, you know, some teams being interested in the trade proposals, we're talking about maybe a pro bowler getting involved in the trade deal, according to Tom Palacero. Well, now that kind of perks up my ears a little bit. But when you say pro bowler, that can mean anything. You know, it can be a pro bowler from last year. It can be a pro bowler from five years ago. So unless Tom Palacero wants to get a little more in depth with it, it doesn't really trip my trigger whatsoever. But I think the biggest thing right now we have to understand here, Brent, is that obviously Dave Caldwell in the front office, they have all the power. 
But what I'm worried about is, yes, you have the power right now, but you can't let it go to your heads. Because keep in mind, you didn't want to pay Yannick Ngakwe that $19 million or that $20 million that he was asking for two years ago. So you kind of have a view of where you see him. My point is, if a team offers you maybe like a first-round pick or something, in my opinion, you have to pull that trigger then. Yeah, and that's the thing. Uh, what's going to be offered out there, it isn't good enough just yet for the Jags. Uh, that is the bottom line because they would have pulled the trigger if it was good enough. But what is good enough? I mean, have they made this impossible to even talk to other people for his agent to find some dance partners? Are they stuck in the sand maybe even more than Yannick Ngakwe stuck in the sand? Let's get to the Yannick Ngakwe front. We're going to take a timeout all the way from Hoover, Alabama to Jacksonville, Florida. This is the big story today. Yannick Ngakwe, a sprinkling of new information. What we know about the situation, what benefits the Jets? Do we just lose Brent? <laughs> Perfect timing. We almost had it. Maybe he's overheating again. Well, I guess... Let me go ahead and piggyback off Brett Martineau stuff real quick. Hey, <laughs> we got Yannick Ngakwe coming back on the show after the break. ESPN well, no, well, 690. Well, not him. Well, no, 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 no. We have Yannick Ngakwe talk. <laughs> I messed that up completely, but you know what I'm trying to say? We're going to talk about Yannick Ngakwe next year after the break. Do you think that we're going to start camps on time next week? I, I believe the league and the, the union are... Uh, still negotiating and, and going through some of that process and you know like I told our staff and I told our coaches and, and everybody in our building we'll, we'll plan to prepare the, like we're going to start next week on the 21st and and uh, if if the league decides to, or the union decides to push it back then we'll be prepared for whenever we have to start but um, right now I like our plan and uh, I think the league and the union are working through some of the, the nuances and the testing and, and everything else as we yeah, and that's an important part of it. That's General Manager Dave Caldwell on with Brian Kilmeade, the Kilmeade Show on 104.5 WOKV here today. So the Jags General Manager uh, joining uh, Brian Kilmeade. Uh, interesting uh, connection there and interesting to hear from Dave Caldwell. I don't know if a lot was said in terms of being revealed, but there are some of the thoughts about camp opening up. I can tell you this, talking to some folks over the last few days, uh, the Jags' feeling is, by some at least, that, hey, the bubble is a safe place and maybe safer than some of the other places to be outside of your own home. So I think there is some reliability and comfortability on whatever bubble that will be created by teams. Now, it's different than the NF, uh, NBA bubble. This isn't an NFL-organized bubble, but it's up to the teams to take care of things, protocols that are being developed by the players and the league. And if they follow suit, I think there's a comfortability by some. Now, that doesn't mean there's a comfortability by the players yeah. <laughs> to play the game. There's a big difference there. I'm talking about doing the operations in the building, uh, you know, your day-to-day -day stuff. As for playing out in the practice field, playing outside on the, the field on Sundays, I think those are different situations right now. Brent Martineau uh, here in Hoover, Alabama. Austin Lane uh, in the Action Sports Shack studios. It is Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Uh, we're getting closer and closer, man, but still no determination on what's going to happen. Are you starting to think we might get a little bit of a delay, given all some of the reports coming out about there's a lot still left to do between the Players Association and the league on figuring out the coronavirus and how they're going to go at this this fall? Man, um, yeah, 
I do believe there's probably going to be a delay coming, which is probably going to be the right move to do because the last thing you want to do is jump in this pool uh, and not, you know, finish eating your meal first and making sure that you stretch out and not get a cramp in that water because right now the stakes are too high. So with that being said, I think they are going to delay maybe a week or so. At least get on the same page or anything because right now, whether it's the Oakley face shield thing where you're going to cover your mouth, whether it's the quote-unquote bubble talk right now, I think there's a lot of things that need to get squared away before we start talking about, you know, a football season. And I understand you can't iron out everything. There's no way there's going to always be new data. There's going to be always new information. But I think they have to do a better job on getting on the same page. And right now, I just don't see that happening. Side note here. I always thought going swimming after eating was like an old wives tale. I don't know. That's just what my mom used to tell me. It very well could be. It very well could be. And, and to be fair, I've never got a cramp swimming in my entire life. So maybe that was a old wives' tale. But why, like, what? What's the point of that? Like, for instance, my like growing up, my grandparents used to tell me that if I eat too much sugar, I get worms. That makes sense because they don't want me to eat sugar. Now that's not true, I don't think. But it scared the crap out of me where I didn't want to eat sugar anymore. What's the point of telling a kid that, hey, don't go swimming after you eat? You're gonna get a cramp. What's what's yeah, the point of that? Know. Interesting. I don't know. I'd want my kids in the pool. Interesting. Keep them away from me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, go, give me a break. Yeah, come on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Hey, we got some thoughts on the Yannick Ngakwe front. We got to get to that. Uh, here's some of the responses earlier today when I just put out there. Here's what I said earlier today. I said my view has not changed on this. What Pelissero, what Schefter, what those guys are saying right now, that's not surprising. It's coming from Jan's camp. He wants out. He does not want to play in Jacksonville. That has not changed. He yeah. has told, by the way, I can tell, he, they've told the Jags, they, they are adamant about it. They're not playing in Jacksonville. I think the Jags know their side of it, saying, hey, they might even believe their side of it, saying they're not playing in Jacksonville. So that might get us into a different discussion. But that's where it sits. And what I've said all along is I think this is Shad Khan really digging his heels in. I don't Take away GM Dave Caldwell. Take away Doug Marone. Take away the whole Tom Coughlin thing. Right now, what this is about is a little bit about what happened with Jalen Ramsey. And on the heels of that, saying, you know what? Unless we get a King's Ransom. See the play on words there for Ramsey? Uh, gotcha. If we get a King's Ransom. It's not good if I have to identify it, but I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> it's not uh, bad. It's all right. Uh, then, then we'll think about it. Yeah. But if we don't, we're not being held to the fire. You're not going to tell us that you want out of town, you don't want to play for us, you don't want to play for Jacksonville, and we're going to let you walk out the door. And, and you're not doing that twice in six to eight months or a year's time on my watch. That's what I think Shad Khan is saying. So I have not changed there. I think he is stuck in the sand. I think they're willing to sit on this franchise tag. If he sits, he sits. They, they drafted Caleb on chase on, although I think that was more happenstance than to kind of put a, a checkmate on, on Jan, but it kind of did in this situation. The Jags are okay at defensive end if they have to. Would they be better with Jan? Absolutely. But I think... That's where the Jags sit. So when I said that, we got some responses, and it was uh, A.G. Genkarski said exactly right. Jan could make the difference between 1-15 and 3-13 and and this year. Well, I don't think that's what the Jags are thinking. Jax Dan says, what I find hilarious is Jan thinks of himself as a top-five edge rusher, but also thinks the Jags should just give him away. What does he think top-five edge rushers are worth on the trade market? He has played this so, so bad, according to Jax Dan. Love hyphen says Jags have to stand firm or it will be a revolving door of bending the player demands. Hate to see it, but Jan plays in teal or sits out a year if there is 
a season. Just give you a couple more here. Uh, Mike Diaz says, worst job by an agent in a while. And Gakwe already lost out on over $10 million last year. No way he ever makes up what he lost. You know, that's a common thread a lot of times, the make up what you lost thing. That was the whole deal with Le'Veon Bell. Mm-hmm. They make so much money now. I, I That kind of falls on deaf ears with me. I get what they're saying. Sure. And I've actually played the argument before. But they make so much money, man. You always say it. It's what the money says. Mm-hmm. And you know what? If he ends his career and he made $70 million instead of $80 million, yeah. his standing on his principle and what the money says – makes up for that $10 million, no problem. Because you know what? He doesn't need the damn $10 million no, in no, the long run. Yeah, without a doubt. So maybe you can't go buy another Bugatti. It's going to be okay because you still have your principles. So move on. Yeah. So anyway, I'll give you some more responses. we got some good responses on it, and, and the conversations continue. But I do. I think it's worth repeating here on the Yon front, and, and we have spent so much time on this topic, and, and I'm not going to assume that you've heard everything that we've said, but I also don't want to revisit in detail every single one of our, our stances. Austin's a big believer, and he's played the game, and he knows how the locker room works, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, Austin, but that, that the money means something. The money yep. says something. A man of principle is going to live on that principle even though it does not relate to us as, as like just nine to five people, non-athletes, that $18 million, how do you pass that up? And I've been in that camp. Like, I understand how the business works, but I do think once you pass up whatever deal was on the table last year and now to pass up $18.7 million or $17.8 million, whatever it's going to be, I I can't come along with that. I really can't. Like, I wouldn't advise that. But we don't know what's being advised, and we don't know what's actually Jan saying, you know what? I don't care what you tell me. I appreciate what you tell me, but I'm doing this. Well, and that, that's my main point here, and that's kind of been my thesis against, well, really for probably like the past year or so, is that's what people are failing to understand right now. You have to take the money out of it. I understand $18 million is a lot of money, but keep in mind right now, well, it's, it's like, well, who's advising him? Who would tell him to do this? This is Yannick Ngakwe's decision. Do you think his agent is right now saying, yep, go ahead and forfeit all that money because I don't like getting paid? Keep in mind, for Yannick Ngakwe getting paid, the agent makes a sum of that. So why wouldn't the agent try to you know, promote Yannick Ngakwe and make him sign those big deals just so he can try to get his bank account a little higher as well? That's good business. That's being a great agent. But at the end of the day, this falls on Yannick Ngakwe. This is his decision. And I understand, once again, $18 million. $18 million. It's kind of like the buzzword right now. But I'm just saying not everybody has grown up like Yannick Ngakwe, okay? I would probably say a very few amount of people have actually grown up like Yannick Ngakwe. And even a smaller percentage of people have actually got to the NFL and busted their butt, been a third-round pick, overcame the odds, and now are in the position that he is today. Very few people can say that. So with that being said, if you're Yannick Ngakwe, you ask the question, do you sacrifice a part of yourself and what you believe in and the guy that got you to where you're at right now, or do you take the money and run? I'm not saying which one I would do, because I think that there's grounds for both. At the end of the day, I have a wife, I have a child, I got to take care of them, so I think the money is a little more important for me. I don't think Yannick Ngakwe is married. I don't think he has any children quite yet. So, you know, it's probably more him. Now, I'm sure he has family and everything like that. So that's on his decision. But the guy's made some pretty decent money so far. Now, it's not in the stratospheres of millions and millions and millions of dollars. So once again, and I'll repeat myself to the cows come home, I'm not going to be surprised if Yannick Ngakwe draws this out even halfway, maybe three quarters of the season, just to prove a point of who he is as a person and how he was raised.
Yeah, and you've been adamant about that, and I do think that's a little bit crazy. I think $18 million is so much money that I want the earning power of the player. I want the player to, to make as much as he can in a violent game, and you never know. Yes, he could get two more contracts. He could make $120 million in his career, whatever it might be, but you can't guarantee it. I can guarantee you this year, if you go out there and play, you'll make $18 million. And on top of that, you might turn yourself into even a big contract because of your play so that's where I stand on it I we disagree here but but I uh, that's okay I just think that part of it is and I understand the principal nature of Jan this is I, I appreciate that I respect that we've had those conversations before I just think in this situation I think it's better for Jan to play football and so as he's stuck in the in the sand I'm just telling you, I believe Shad Khan. And don't even put the Jags and Marone and or Todd Walsh or Dave Caldwell. No, I think this is Shad. I think this is Shad stuck in the sand on this from a principal nature, just as much about how the organization is going to run. And if you want a ticket out of town, it ain't going to come easy. And so well, we'll give you $18 million, by the way, if you want to stay. But if you want to get out of here and you want the first bus out, well, it's going to take a whole heck of a lot to get you out of here. No, I understand that. But to me, you cannot have it both ways. You can't give Calais Campbell a discount, trade him to an AFC opponent for only, what, a fifth-round pick of a, a, a pro bowler in Calais Campbell, a pillar of your team, a staple in the community. I get had a high price tag, but could, could do a lot for those Jaguars rookies coming in right now. You can't trade him away and give him a discount, but then act, ask for a king's ransom with Yannick Ngakwe. To me, you can't have it both ways. Now, I'm not sure what the Jacksonville Jaguars have been offered. I don't know if it's a first-round pick or not. I hope it's not a first-round pick, because if that was the case, I would tell them to jump on that deal ASAP. We don't know what the Jaguars have been offered yet for Yannick Ngakwe. But all I'm going to say is, listen, Yannick Ngakwe right now is kind of staying true to who he is. I think Shad Khan's doing the exact same thing. The point of the matter is, though, that if Shad Khan continues to stay true to who he is and be stubborn, well, that's only going to get you so far because it could get you Yannick Ngakwe off the field, and maybe that's fine for Shad Khan, but I'm saying I'd rather have a first-round pick for him so at least I have some kind of capital in the future to make it right. I think First Coast Bubbler in our, in, uh, on Twitter brings up a great point here a couple hours ago. He says, it's tough to make a deal when the entire NFL knows 91 doesn't want to play for you anymore. If I'm 91, I'm taking the 17.8. Okay, so that's two different topics. Uh, but I think what's interesting is he brings up a good point. Because the camp is putting this stuff out now today, and we know so much how Jan feels. You know, keep the Chris Jones situation in mind. He did come out a few weeks ago and said, hey, you know, I might sit out. and if I'd... But that was about the only scuttlebutt we heard from the Chris Jones camp that I can remember. Now, we're not in Kansas City. Maybe there was more, but I don't think there was much. Meanwhile, we're going on a year of this stuff, man, with Jan. So well, on, Brent, are well, they losing value because of it? Well, wait, though, because remember, Chris Jones sat out the year before that as well. Chris Jones actually threatened to sit out the previous year unless he got a new contract. Now, he showed up at the training camp, and it was all good after that. But Chris Jones has been saying for a while that he wanted a, new, like a, like a brand-new deal. And this was not just last year, but the year before that as well. Fair enough. Good uh, good reference point, yeah. too. And I, like even Jan doing what he said uh, in camp last year or sitting out for 11 days, that's business as usual. That, that mm-hmm. does fall in line with the Chris Jones stuff. But we have seen some unusual business as well from Jan at times. It's now going on more than a year of it. There's been some interesting tweets. There's been a run-in with the owner's son. So this is a little bit different of a situation. But forget about all that right now. 
just even putting out there that yes, I'm willing to play on just the tag, or I, I want to go here. I'll play for multiple teams. I've, I've uh, talked about multiple extensions. You know, basically, I'm willing to play for 18 million dollars or 19 million as long as it's not in Jacksonville. Well, don't you lose a little bit of trade value if you're the Jacksonville Jaguars when the camp is saying that? So would it be better to be silent here and not put that much information? Now, in fairness to them, they may have brought so many deals to the table right now, they might be saying, hey, this is our last opportunity. we got to at least put something out there. But the point is, if I'm the rest of the league, and I know this guy doesn't want to play for Jacksonville, and I know he's willing to play for me for just about anything right now, as long as it's not in Jacksonville, that's not really true, but you get what I'm saying. Well, why am I going to offer a lot? If I've got a guy that's, if I'm I'm, uh, Cleveland, and I'm interested in Jan, and he says, yeah, I'll play on the tag, no problem. We can work out a long-term deal later, or maybe we don't even get it done. Well, I sure as heck ain't going to give up a first round pick for that because I might not even have them for more than a year. So you see my point, are they losing part of the deal, the value of the deal that the Jags are looking for, the compensation because of some of what's been leaked out there uh, even just today? Um, I mean, listen, I think in the case of today, it's the Hail Mary, right? Because time is of the essence right now. So... Yeah, I mean, I think today is the Hail Mary. But but keep in mind here, Jan's camp has done things kind of the right way and kept it under wraps a little bit, and they've done things the wrong way a little bit as well. But at the end of the day, if there is a demand for that player, it doesn't matter what you say. Jalen Ramsey quit on his team, essentially, you know, had maybe a back injury. We're not really confident how, how hurt he was, and the Rams gave up a king's ransom for him. So if there's a demand, teams will come to the fire and be like, all right, we got him, man, because we can't afford another team to take that guy. So I don't agree with where have they played this wrong. If they were quiet, will they have seen better results? I don't think so. I think it all depends on the, on the demand. And for whatever reason that we've talked about here the past couple months, the demand for an edge rusher right now, it's not that high. Now, keep in mind, Miles Garrett just got his money, so it's going to drive, uh, you know, obviously that, that price take up a little more. But truth be told, it comes down to demand. To me, it doesn't come down to the optics of how you come across of wanting out. It comes down to how bad do teams want you and how bad are teams willing to sacrifice via trades, via you know trading their own players away. And right now, we haven't seen that for Yannick Ngakwe. I'm just saying, man, if I know you need to sell your house, and I know you need to sell it, why am I offering as much as I can offer? Why am I even coming close to what I can offer? Because somebody Instead, else could buy I'm it. Gonna, well... You got 31 other people. That's a decent chance worth taking. And by the way, you really don't. You might have 12 other teams or 12 other people because they've got to be able to afford $18.7 million this year on that signed franchise tag or rip it up and get a new extension. So you are eliminating your pool. So if I know 30 other people can afford your house, well, and 15 others just bought one. Well, now my pool is shrunk. Why don't I just wait even longer and longer if I'm a team like to the trade deadline when I think even the Jags are desperate? Then I'll go offer something, and then maybe I'll get a steal of a deal with Jan. I just see no rush by other teams to go get a deal done. One other thought, too. The compensatory pick that if they let him walk at the end of next year and he signs a long-term extension, they're going to get a third-round draft pick. Uh, what would that be, like in 2021 or two, whatever it would be? So I you got to beat that if you're another team. They're guaranteed to get a third-round pick even if they let them walk. Um, yeah, I mean, I get it. But listen, once again, it's how bad do you want the house? Are you willing to say, you know what, I'm going to wait a little bit and maybe I don't get the house and so be it? Well, that's fine. Then you might miss out on it. I'm just saying if there's going to be a demand, to me it doesn't really matter.
One last thing on the on front, at least for now, and welcome your calls, 904-362-9901, star star 690. I want to revisit the report from last year on Jan's deal. What did it look like? I just want to remind you of it. Did it look anything like the Chris Jones deal that he just signed? We'll get to that next. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. So is the mindset like J.J. Watts, we know there's going to be a risk, but we're willing to take that risk? Is that what you tell the players? I have not had have any discussions with our players yet. I know this, and that affects my family, and I feel more comfortable about going into the facility than I do going into the grocery store or anywhere else, knowing that they're going to be vigilant with the testing and, and cleaning of the facilities, and, and um, it's going to be hard pressed to find a, a more pristine place, although probably not perfect, than what the NFL and the PA are going to perform in terms of the testing and, and going into work and, and having a, to do it. And that's probably the one place where I may feel more comfortable. And, and trust me, I'm a little bit of a germaphobe myself, so um, I, I put a lot of thought into this. That's Dave Caldwell earlier today on 104.5 WOKV, the Brian Kilmeade Show. And uh, that echoes kind of some of the thoughts that I've had with uh, comments from other folks in the building the last few days. It's like inside the building, they'll feel fine. And, and Dave Caldwell kind of saying something similar. It's more about what about the practice field? What about the uh, Sundays in games? What about when somebody tests positive? What about the risk and uh, some of the support and also parachute, if you will, uh, if there is a shortened season or things get so risky and, and so bad uh, with the pandemic and they're still playing football? So there's a lot to be worked out with the NFLPA and the NFL. And uh, last report I just saw from some of the national guys said the union still wants those two preseason games. Austin, do you get where the union's coming from on the – I'm sorry, not the union, the uh, – uh, the league still wants the two uh, preseason games. Yeah. Do you get where the league is coming from? I, I get where the players are. I, I said that last week. Like, I understand that. I would want more time, too. Like, I wouldn't want the preseason games if I was a player. I want my 16 games, and I want the playoffs and the Super Bowl. Those things count. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't send me out there when it doesn't count. Um, but I do understand a little bit where the league's coming from. It's like, hey, we really want to try this out. You know, we, we want to at least, uh, not to say you're guinea pigs here, but we need to figure some things out for Sundays in the regular season, for Thursday nights, Sunday nights, Monday nights. So we need some of these games to figure that stuff out. Yeah, from a player's perspective, obviously you want the preseason games because you want to get acclimated, you know, and trying to back to get, try to play real football again. And obviously those guys are on the roster bubble. They make their living off those two preseason games. So players, yes, they should be for it. The NFL, they should also be for it. Because once again, it's almost like a dress rehearsal with everything going on right now. How is the games? How are the games going to come across? Um, you know, how is the, the the pregame stuff going to be taking place? All these little intricacies that you may not actually see on game day that take place behind the scene. I feel like the NFL wants to make sure that they're ready to go. So by the time the regular season starts, it goes off without a hitch. I got you. Uh, hey, do me a favor, okay? I want to do a little study here um, just for the next couple minutes as we finish up the Yannick Ngakwe situation and, and discussion. Mm-hmm. And we don't have to finish it up, by the way. Anybody wants to jump in, social media, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, more than willing to do so, call in 904-362-9901, star star 690. Again, we have talked about Yannick Ngakwe's situation so much over the last year and change, and we continue to do so. Today's a big day. The deadline looms in uh, about eight minutes. That's not getting done. My house is safe. Uh, the Derrick Henry deal is getting done, according to the national guys. Haven't seen any uh, structure in terms of the money, and but it looks like a four-year deal for Derrick Henry. So we'll update you on that in, in just a few. But do me a favor, Austin. Pull up the Chris Jones money that was reported, if you don't mind. 
because what I want to do is I want to take a look at now, I also think there's a little – this isn't apples to apples completely. Chris Jones put up some monster numbers, but he, he plays out of the defensive tackle position. Uh, so they're not like an edge rusher position for yeah. Jones. But he just got the recent deal, not a Miles Garrett deal. The Jags, here's what the offer from the Jags to Jan, which was reported. And I want to make sure I say that clear. This is not me being a mouth of the Jaguars. This is me just telling you what was reported by the national guys last year. And we have plenty of reason to believe these numbers were a shade inflated. (laughs) So that's what we figured out over last year. We think these numbers were a little inflated. How much inflated, that's up to interpretation. I've asked a lot of people about this. Getting direct answers about this is not simple. But you'll see where I'm going in just a moment. Tom Pelissero said last July 24th, so we're talking about a year ago. So this time, right in the same stretch uh, that even Chris Jones just got done in July, Jaguars offered Jan a short-term deal worth over $19 million per year, $50 million plus over the first two years before talks broke off yesterday. And Gakwe not reporting with his teammates today. If when he does, it may be on his rookie deal. $19 million at the time, Pelissero said, would rank fourth among defensive ends behind Mac Lawrence Clark. And Gakwe due $2 million in his last year's rookie deal, 29 and a half sacks, 24 years old. We know all those things. Okay, so I want to make it crystal clear here. I do not believe that was the exact terms of that deal. I, I don't. I think Without it was, a doubt, it wasn't the exact terms of the deal. Yeah. It, it, it was, it, it was uh, under $19 million. But so for the sake of our conversation here, let's just say it was $17.5 million, $18 million. Let's say 18. Is that fair enough, or do you want to go 17? You want to go lower? Uh, I'd probably go a little lower. I'd probably go 17. Yeah. Okay, let's go 17. And 50 million over the first two years. Now, this says 50 million plus. I'm going to say, let's go 45 million. So let's is, drop it down. So are we calling that 45 million in guarantees, or like what, what does that 45 million involve here? That's a tough call because it doesn't say exactly. Yeah. Now, Chris Jones got $60 million in guaranteed money uh, against injury, I think it was, right, through the course of his contract. Correct. But the the first two-year money, according to Pellicero last year in this offer, was over 50. So I'm going to back it off because I don't know if those were exact numbers and I don't really believe they were fully. So I'm going to back off and say it was $45 million over the first two years. Okay. What, what's what I want to do is, and I don't know. I just know the four years, eighty million or something on Chris Jones. So a year later, we know Miles Garrett just got twenty-five million a year. Uh, so that inflated things, and that's truly from a, a pass rusher position. But what about Chris Jones' deal? What 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 does it say? Well, I mean, Chris Jones' deal right now it says he's making twenty-one point two five million dollars per year on a four-year extension. Okay, and any of those reports, did it say what he's going to make uh, other than the $60 million guaranteed, what he'd get in the first couple of years or anything like that? Uh, it just says that he's going to make $21.25 million per year. I, I don't know like what he's going to make the first two years. All I know is he's making 21.25 per year. Okay. Um, well, I'll dig a little deeper. Yeah, so, I mean, so I gotta, yeah. I, I mean, because if Jan was making 19 million, he was really going to get more than that in the first two years, is my point. You know, yeah. because of the guarantees. Yeah, so, I like, mean, that would have been 38 million. Yeah, as far as the first two years, I'm not seeing that here. All I'm seeing is that he got obviously the guaranteed money um, of 60 million, and then it comes out to about 21 something million per year. Okay. So, um, well, that's not gonna. But without yeah. the first two years, it's gonna be a little bit moot. Uh, but because this Jan offer that was reported again, I don't fully believe, but it was up around 50 million. Um, 
Would you think their deals would be similar? Would he be more? He would be more like a Chris Jones type of deal than he would, say, a Miles Garrett type of deal, right? Yeah, I mean, I would say so. But keep in mind, like the past two years or so, Chris Jones has been asking for at least twenty million dollars a year. Now he got a little more than that, and the contract right now makes him. I think he's the second highest paid three technique in the league behind Aaron Donald, obviously. So like, he kind of got what he wanted, and then a little more so. In terms of Yannick Ngakwe, we have to ask ourselves, well, what did Yannick Ngakwe really want? Like, did he want the 18 million? Did he want the 19 million? I don't think he ever requested 20 million, you know? So I think we would agree here that Yannick Ngakwe probably fell between the 18 and 19 million mark. Now, maybe he wanted more, maybe he requested more. I'm not sure. You know, obviously, I haven't heard that, and I haven't really read any official reports regarding that. But with that being said, though, I think in terms of the contract, it could have been comparable to Chris Jones. But I think Chris Jones actually wanted a little more even than Yannick Ngakwe did. Yeah, well, I think if you go back to the beginning of this stuff, I think $21 million was in the works for Jan. I think that's really? because of the Frank – well, because of yeah. Clark and, and Lawrence. Yeah, no sure. doubt. I mean, $21 million, Some even suggested $22 million, I think. Yeah. But $21 million was certainly in play for Jan at first. I mean, he wasn't looking for $18, 19000000 million. No way. He wasn't. My point, I guess, uh, to this is, you know, his tag's going to play $17.8 million. He would have been somewhere in the mid-40s of guaranteed money in the first two years. So let's just say he had accepted the deal last year. Uh, he would have, last year and this year, been already have earned $45 million. If he sits out this year again, he would not have earned hardly anything. $2 million on his rookie deal last year and maybe nothing this year. You're talking about maybe 45 or mid-40s, depending on where you want to see it. Sure. If he had accepted the deal versus $2 million over these last two years instead, if he sits out. That's yeah. kind of the point of the conversation. No, no, I got you. But just, just keep in mind, too, like well, with his peers, like for instance, so Frank Clark. Frank Clark made uh, – well, he's set to make $18.5 million this up-and-coming season. The next year, $19 million. The following year, $20 million. You know, so, I mean – once again, how much money did Yannick Ngakwe want a year? Maybe he was in the $20 million range, but I think it would be out of expectations at his point to call up for the $20, $21 million when Frank Clark obviously made about $18 million last year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, makes some sense. The dollar, until somebody tells us straight up what the heck the numbers were, yeah. the guessing game will continue. We'll talk a little bit more about Yannick Ngakwe, plus who are the next stars in all the sports? It's on the way on ESPN 690. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.